Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Beck, And I'm Penny, and we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording today, the Wadarung and the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. And Beck, we have another guest joining us today. I feel like we're on an amazing roll with guests on the podcast at the moment. Lauren Williams, welcome to Language Chats. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So before we dive into all the, you know, nitty gritty about your language life, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in languages? Yeah, so um, I live in the U.S., I actually grew up in New Hampshire, which is in the northeastern part of the U.S., and um, I was always kind of interested in languages, I guess. My grandmother spoke French because she was French-Canadian, and um, but I didn't really hear it much. I just knew that she passed on a couple of you know, motherly phrases to her kids. <laughs> and so my mom, like, would tell me maybe one or two phrases in French. But um, I was just always interested in it. So that's kind of how I, I started with languages, I guess. Um, and right now I, I live in South Carolina, which is in the southeastern part of the U.S. And I work with languages, both as a speech language pathologist, kind of, so a different facet of language, um, and through my business, Polyglot Station. Fantastic. We um, have actually had quite a few speech pathologists on this podcast, um, (laughs) and it's always really, really interesting to speak about um, the work that is speech pathology in all of its forms, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that side of your your career and, and what got you interested in that and how you decided to become a speech pathologist? Yeah, so I feel like most speech pathologists have this story about how their brother was in speech or they were in speech when they were younger or their cousin or something. I just honestly chose this career out of the blue. Like I was trying to decide what to major in in college and I was looking through different careers online and I saw speech pathology and it tied together both um, the idea of language as well as um, like science and education and, and tied it all together. So that's what made me really interested in it. And so right now I work with kids in an outpatient clinic. So we do a lot of different things with language. You probably know by now that speech language pathology encompasses like this whole range of things that we work on. Um, so we could be doing like uh, articulation skills one hour and then be working on an assistive communication device the next hour and then be working on feeding the next hour. So it really is such a range, um, especially with kids, but then you have a whole nother subset of skills with adults that you work on. And so it's just huge range in this field. So it's, when you meet one SLP, you, you know, you've met one SLP. <laughs> so SLP, speech language pathologist. pathologist. 
So mm-hmm. what's what's the language part, or is that just another term that's used to describe the work of a speech pathologist? Yeah, so I guess the the field itself really encompasses both speech, or or really it originated from working on speech and then working on language. So a lot of what we do is help people really develop the ability to use language. So not just being able to say particular sounds, but be able to expand their sentences or even, you know, at the very basic level, use a word and that means something, you know. Um, So that's where the language part comes in. And even too with adults, if a doll has had a, a stroke or something like that and they've had damage to the language area in the brain, then again, like you're working on the language side of things, not necessarily like speech production. Mm, okay. And yeah, and the field has just grown so much since then <laughs> that we're now just doing all the things that surround those two main areas. That was definitely so interesting. definitely something I think for Beck and myself that when we we started like talking to speech pathologists we just just the the layers of work that just kept getting uncovered like you th- I think as an outsider we think of it in this kind of one way but like you said Lauren it just there are just so many facets to the work it's really interesting um, yeah, that's right. And for anybody who hasn't listened to those previous interviews that we have done with speechies, um, or speechies as we call them in Australia, I feel like speechies, speech pathologists <laughs> call themselves speechies here, um, then we'll pop links to those in the show notes. Um, really interesting too because both of those other speech pathologists who we have um, chatted with um, both really only work with adults. Um, so interesting to hear that you mm. work primarily with children, Lauren. Um, when Are there some specific experiences you can think of where working with kids in their on on their language and and speech I guess production um that you can call out that really shows I suppose the probably the impact that you might have in um in their ability to communicate Mm, that's a really interesting question I would I would say probably one of the biggest things, and I've had this experience a couple times, is is when the child says the first word, you know. And so a lot of times the the speech pathologist is there for that, whether that's in the home with the family or it's in the clinic, and it's just about getting the child to recognize that using this word has meaning and leads to an effect whether it's you know they're saying more because they want more of their snack and you know when they say more they're oh my god I get it like and they just realize wow what an impact just using this one word has on my life I can now be in control of when I get more food you know um so I think that probably is a is a huge thing um I think another thing, too, I had one student who um, was multi-handicapped and she, like, no one really knew her potential. And we brought her a new um, AAC device, which is Augmentative and Alternative Communication, is what AAC stands for. And so we brought her a new AAC device, and all of a sudden, she was just using that thing and she actually didn't have much control over her arm so she would use her her lip to 
press the buttons. And and she we just found out so many things about her personality. Like she loved motorcycles and like people were always giving her like girly stuff because they just assumed it, you know. And she just loved all these other things. And um, so it was just really amazing to see how this communication can just change somebody's life. That's, they're really, really amazing stories too. And that must be so kind of satisfying and fulfilling to, to have that kind of impact in your career on a, on a daily, hourly basis. Um, <laughs> how about... Lauren, your kind of language learning side to your life and to your career, have you been learning languages since you were young or when did all that interest come about? Yeah, um, I tried to when I was young learn languages on my own, but um, most of what it consisted of was I asked my mom to buy me a a Berlitz CD-ROM um, for French, and we did not have a microphone that went with the computer, so I wasn't able to like pass the first level. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and I'd always ask, like, "Oh, can I get a, a computer microphone for Christmas or my birthday?" And like, they never thought that that was like a really cool gift, so they like they never got me one, and so I never passed that French um, level on Berlitz, but. Um, but then high school was soon approaching, so I got to take French in high school and then continued in college as well. And then in college, I kind of restarted learning languages on my own. And so I bought um, a Learn Spanish in Three Months kit from this bookstore that was going out of sale and started learning that and then did not practice it with anybody, so lost a lot of it. And... Finally, uh, a few years later, I was living in Boston and working at a restaurant where there are a lot of Colombian people working. And so I just got the motivation again to start learning Spanish again. So that got started again. And then um, I started learning Mandarin. And um, that was another one, too, where I kind of started and then I just took a break for a few years and then I got back to it later on. Um, And then ever since then, I've been trying to learn a a new language every year, but it's been kind of more of an experiment more than anything. Like I'll just try a new method with a different language and see what happens from it. So I've been able to learn a lot of things, um, but not able to speak all of the languages. (laughs) Although that's very normal. I kind of feel like for people who are interested in languages and language enthusiasts out there like us, um, it's very easy to get distracted by by new shiny languages or mm-hmm. tools, um, resources that you're kind of like, oh, that sounds like it'd be so fun to try and use. And then and then you realize that, yes, you can't possibly keep up with it all at the same time. But that's okay because, of course, you could always come back to it. Um, just, like you've, just like you've said with the, the other languages that you have already learned, you don't always have mm-hmm. to be like, you know, 100% consistent with everything all of the time. Um, And I think that's always a really good thing to remember. Yeah, and I do feel like when I went back to it, it was almost like my brain was primed to learn it again because even just with that little foundation that I started with several years ago, 
you know, it was like the structures in my brain were already there and I just had to kind of fill it back in. So yeah, I think it's okay. Amazing. Have there been any particular things that have, like, obviously with Spanish, I can hear that you, you know, were re-motivated again by working with a lot of people who are from Colombia. Um, with the with your Mandarin Chinese, what, what spurred you into learning something that was so different from the other kind of romance languages that you had learned before? I think, I think that was it. I think that it was because it was so different. That's why I was interested in it. I, I kind of like the idea of learning languages from different regions of the world. Um, so I don't know. So if I go travel around the world, I might be able to communicate with people. I, I don't know if that's completely realistic, but, but I think that's kind of the, the general framework that I had in my mind when I decided to, to learn that. Because after that, then I tried Arabic. Um, and then Swahili as well. So I'm just trying to like cover geographical areas. Imagine like I guess. what percentage of the world that would have you covered? French, Spanish, Chinese, Arabic, Swahili, any Portuguese in there? <laughs> you'd, have a, you'd have a fair, a fair yeah. chunk of the world covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, that's if I actually could speak all those languages. But uh, Arabic and Swahili like, I just didn't find a a material or a person that I was like super connected with that I wanted to engage in the language with all the time. So my plan for those is to go back to them eventually. Do you find now that as an adult learning and given your your career and what it is that you do for work, um, how does that help your your language, your personal language learning? Um, I guess the the work that you do as a speech language pathologist. Mm, yeah, I I do feel like it has positively benefited my language learning. Um, in one way, I can picture how sounds are produced in the mouth. You know, like when I hear an interesting sound in a language that that's not in other languages that I've studied before, I can generally get a good sense of what the tongue might be doing or like other pieces of the mouth might might be doing. Um, so I feel like it helps me with pronunciation a little bit. Um, and then another thing that I like to do is, so when we help kids, especially with AAC, um, like communication devices and things, um, one big component of that is core words. And so we, on their communication devices, we want to have core words kind of regularly available for them. And those core words would be things like want, need, like, um, even like to, hear, um, and then some like pronouns, I, you, more. Um, so those really helpful words that are high frequency. And I like to take that approach with language learning as well and learn those high frequency words. So even if I'm making a sentence like, I want that in like, I want this, I want that, you have this, you have that. Um, you can talk about a lot of different things if you're, if you're there in person and you can point, right? Um, without even knowing the specific vocabulary term. So I like I like to start there so even you can get into the language as early as possible and have a meaningful 
conversation with somebody, even if it's, you know, not too many different words are used, there's still a lot of meaning there. So. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I was just, you know, running in my head some of the things I was like, oh, yeah, we should, those high frequency words, that makes a lot of sense when you are starting out with a new language as well or refreshing a language that you've learned in the past because we know that we need those words often. <laughs> um, tell us about Polyglot Station and your work on that business that you are also <laughs> busily involved with. So I'll tell you that it started out under a completely different premise, and I don't know if you guys remember this at all, um, but when it started, it was going to be a website for online games and also just language resources there available on the website. And that, that was always going to be just a website with, with games and resources and maybe like news about polyglots around the world. So that was the initial concept. And then I found out how expensive it is to create online games and continue to host them. <laughs> um, so, so that kind of uh, went to the side and... Who knows if I'll ever make games again, but it was really fun doing like the Instagram game nights and I think it, it brings a lot of joy to people being able to to play games in, in their languages. And so that's that's how it started. And then we had this idea to create the TV club. And so that was Partly because I was watching um, sea dramas, like Chinese dramas, and um, I just love kind of like that sassy, romantic <laughs> stuff. It's very, it's very sappy and cheesy, but like I love it. And I love the little theme songs that go on with it and stuff. Um, but so I was watching a lot of those and I just wanted somebody to talk to about them. Like none of my friends around me were watching Chinese dramas and um and I also wanted to to use the language that I was hearing in the show too and so that's kind of where the idea um what came from and then at the women in language conference I asked you know if some people would would be interested in, in doing that and so got a small group together and and we were like yeah this is fun so so that started and so that's been going on since then, and now we're doing um, four languages pretty regularly, Spanish, French, Italian, and German. And um, we've had the opportunity, opportunity to do other languages as well, like Portuguese or Russian or Mandarin. And um, so it, it's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's such a good idea. Yeah, I think it is an amazing idea. <laughs> And I feel like we've talked about it a few times on this podcast because we both love TV. Um, anyone who does listen regularly knows that we're always banging on about what we've what we've watched recently. Um, but I think it's such a it's such a nice way to get people to connect in. Well, you know, you're you're obviously like comprehending and experiencing another language when you are watching a TV show, but then to be able to transform that, I think, into like language production by actually mm -hmm. speaking to other people about those topics. And of course, 
you know, hopefully that vocabulary and stuff is fresh in your mind because you've just watched it on a TV show, but it gives you a prompt for something to discuss. Um, and of course, as we know, like as language learners, it can be, sometimes it can be really difficult to get the conversation going with people who you don't know. You end up in the same sorts of conversations again and again, um, where you're introducing yourself and talking about your interests and all those sorts of things. So it's really nice to have a focus um, and mm-hmm. TV and sometimes movies and things like that can be a great thing to to discuss. Do you, do you find that with the people who do participate in the language TV club, like it, what are the what, like what do people talk about? What are the what are the kinds of topics that come out of the um, it come out in the discussion um, of the TV series and whatever's been watched? Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, we do different series every time. So sometimes it'll be like a comedy. Sometimes it's, you know, a police drama. Um, So it's different stuff every time. But a lot of times even um, like one little moment that happened, like maybe somebody went bowling or to the grocery store or they did something in the show. And then you're like, oh, like, do people usually do this in this country? And then it and then it starts this whole conversation about kind of like the culture and and what are typical norms. And um, and sometimes we have things related to yourself, too. Like um, we watched a, a, a French show about comedy, like comedians um, called Troll and um you know, we talked about like, have you ever been on stage before? Like, do you like telling jokes? What kind of jokes do you like? Like, what's your sense of humor? So the topics can vary depending on on what the show is. Um, And so we've had some interesting things, especially uh, like dark in German. Oh, yeah. When it's like time travel and uh, and all that stuff. And, you know, kudos to Itai, who is our German TV club host. Um, because he was able to maneuver that conversation with people like learning German and being able to talk about those complex uh, topics. So don't get mm-hmm. don't get back started on dark. I was going to say, as somebody who has watched dark and I loved it, um, I have never so specifically learnt a set of vocabulary after watching a TV show that was all so related. Like I, I've watched mm. lots of TV in many other languages and I feel like when I was watching Dark, I, I had a running list actually of words that kept repeating themselves. Um, so like things, because it was very actually in lots of ways Dark for anybody out there who has watched it or has it, don't worry, this doesn't give anything away. Um, but like there are many words and phrases that come up again and again and again throughout the whole throughout the whole TV show. And mm-hmm. so every time I'd hear them, and they were often things that I hadn't really heard outside of that context um but they weren't outside of daily conversation like they they were definitely things that could have could appear in regular conversation they were just repeated so many times that it kind of forced you to remember them and I remember they were all about time like Mm. you know they were all variations of ways of saying like the past and the future and the present and like the beginning and the end (laughs) yes beginning and the end and everything is linked uh, you know, Alice is miteinander verbunden. For anybody who has, um, like, I've, it's it's drummed into my head, like literally, burnt in my mind. <laughs> um, but that that is a fantastic example, actually, of how how that can really assist with, um, I guess, like vocabulary building. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you yeah. mentioned that you had a host for the German um, TV club. Is that the same for all of the other language? Um, yeah. So right now we have hosts for for each language, and usually it's a native speaker. Sometimes it's just somebody with advanced um, level in that language. And uh, every once in a while, I'll host to to fill in or substitute in in uh, Spanish. I used to host all of them when we first started out and uh, not German though, not German, but, um, but yeah, it was at one point it just cut, started to be like, okay, I don't know this word. Do you know this word? I don't know this word. So I was like, okay, let me get some, some people who are a little more knowledgeable in here. And so, so it's been great because they can really help with not only the vocabulary, but also like the cultural background. Yep. And I don't know if I included this before. I don't think I did. But um, with each club, we give an episode guide to everyone. And so the episode guide will have vocabulary that is taking place in the show, as well as the discussion questions that we'll use for the discussion. So somebody who's maybe not so confident in their language skills, they can like write out their answers to the questions before they even come to the meeting. Yeah. And so it just gives a little bit more confidence to them uh, when they when they join. So, you know, it's already prepared in their mind and, and they're ready to, to use it. Even just some of those key vocabs that you know will come up in the discussion or that you know you want to remember as like, you know, jogging points. That's a really good idea. Oh, it sounds mm-hmm. so fun. I've always loved, you know, watching, you know, you popping it up on Instagram and having a look at the website and stuff because it's really, really cool, really cool concept. Um, are there any exciting language learning plans on your horizon this year and next year, Lauren? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's interesting actually this year because, uh, I'm kind of taking like a mental break a little bit, like the last month. Um, so at the beginning, like the first quarter of this year, I was really, really busy. I was doing like these business classes, just trying to learn more about what it is growing a business. And, um, and the last month, I kind of took a break from like really active study of languages. And just really trying to get a better sense of of the direction that I want to go with with the business and um, just generally my own life as well. Um, I think we need to remember sometimes that we're not all just our languages. Like, I know that languages are a big part of us all, but, you know, it doesn't make up who you are as a person. And so being able to, to take a break for a little while is, is completely okay. And, you know, there's always time to go back to your languages. And um, so I kind of had some clarity about what we're going to do. We're going to take a, a, like a short summer break is going to be a winter break for you um but in like june and july ish and then uh we'll be back in the fall and so i think we're also going to start the english tv club too for people that want to practice their english and um then i think i also want to work on my mandarin personally and um, I'm taking a big trip this summer as well to South Africa. So I kind of want to learn a little bit of Afrikaans before I go. So 
Um, that's kind of like the, the plans right now. So nothing too crazy, but more of a little bit, a little bit more clarity and, um, you know, direction, I guess. Oh, that sounds that amazing. Sounds really exciting. I know I'm excited for your travel plans. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And also oh, just the taking the summer for a reset. I mean, it's the best, I think the best time of year to, to kind of have that time out to, to work out what the priorities are for the. Yeah, and a a lot of the TV club members have been, um, you know, coming consistently for the whole year. And so now, you know, maybe they want to go travel and and do things on the weekends because usually we have the club on Sundays um, because that's what works for most people. So uh, I'm sure they want to go do stuff on the weekend in the summer as well. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, Lauren, we really appreciate you giving up your time to come and chat with us on Language Chats. Thank you so much. I've loved being here and just kind of seeing you guys, like, with, with your faces and, um, you know, because we're always, like, 12 hours apart or, or whatever the time difference is, but... It's like I, I get to catch your videos like six hours after you post them and then um, just, you know, and, you know, I'd really love to see you all in the TV club sometime because I know you love TV. Well, I have to start an Australian time club. That would be uh, this is always our struggle. We're so we're so far out in terms of time zones for, for many other places. It's always a bit of it's always a bit tricky, but we can make it work. I reckon we could um, get together a really cool gang of language lovers in Australia who would um do it on a Saturday or Sunday morning. <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon yeah. We, we might have to put it out to the language lovers AU community, I think. Um and we'll see if there's a, a little Aussie contingent that might be keen. <laughs> Um, Lauren, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Before we do uh, go, um, could you just let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can find out more about Polyglot Station and the Language TV Club? (laughs) So I have um, three different (laughs) Instagram accounts. (laughs) Um, But so my personal one is Living on Language. And so I... I sometimes share things that I'm doing with languages and sometimes it's just random stuff in my life. Um, but if you are really interested in the TV club, there's a, a TV club account. It's just language TV club is the account name on Instagram. And then same thing for polyglot station. That's just the account name on, on Instagram as well. And then um, there are websites for both. Polyglot station doesn't have a whole lot on its website right now. Um, but languagetvclub.com is where you'll find all the information about the TV clubs that are coming up and what we're watching. And there's also a, a blog on there, too, that has some helpful information about learning languages with TV shows. Just as an aside, Lauren, before before we really wrap up, um, I love on the Polygot Station um, website how you've got different languages for like, you know, home and shop and even like the little <laughs> cookies, you know, acceptance. And I think that's really cool. It's like all, you know, blended into the overall look of the website. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I actually had to tone it down um, from what it was initially because my friends and family would would go on the website and be like, Lauren, I don't understand anything on this website. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to like really minimize 
the multi-language aspect. I think it looks great. <laughs> I'm sure you're just like, polyglots get it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, maybe you should become a polyglot and then, you know, you'll know. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, um, again, thank you. What a fun chat. It's always great to have um, a few international guests here and there on language chats. Um, If you would like to find out more about our podcast or listen to all of our past episodes, you can go to our website, languagelovers.com.au. You'll also find this podcast in all the usual podcast places. Um, You can also find us on Instagram, we're languagelovers.au. Or if you are interested in joining into the conversation with some other enthusiastic language lovers um, from Australia and abroad, um, then you can join our Facebook group, Language Lovers AU Community. If you've loved li- listening to this episode with Lauren, please don't forget you can share it with your friends and family. And if you've got time to leave us a rating and review, we love hearing from you and we are looking forward to catching you in another fortnight. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren.